Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Hey, so before we get started, I wanted to talk to you guys about Disney Plus. Now, I know by now you've probably heard about Disney Plus, the new streaming service that includes Disney, Pixar, Marvel, Star Wars, and National Geographic. With all these amazing brands in one place, Disney Plus has one of the most incredible libraries in the entire streaming landscape, and it's all ad-free. From classics like Snow White to today's blockbusters like Captain Marvel and Avengers Endgame, the content on Disney Plus is truly unparalleled. And if all that isn't enough, Disney Plus even has originals like The Mandalorian, the first live-action Star Wars series. So don't miss out. Go and sign up today and start streaming and tell them Hayes sent you. All right, what's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to the Awaken Soul Podcast. Right off the top, if you're not doing so, make sure you're following the podcast at Awaken Soul Pod. You can also follow me personally at CEO Hayes, the CEO H A I Z E. Got a good show planned for you guys. Uh, this week, we will be talking a little bit about the Conor McGregor um, fight and then also some of basketball um, in the In the Mind of Hayes segment. I know this is not a sports podcast, so if this is your first time tuning in, we're not a sports podcast, but my In the Mind of Hayes segment, which is our opening segment, are usually things that are going on in the world that are on my mind and I talk about as my time to really get anything off my chest. That's why this podcast is my therapy. And then the main discussion topic, which comes in the second half of the show, that's the meat and potatoes of the show. That's where we get into the nitty gritty on usually a concept, a thought, or an idea that I want to flesh out, have a conversation with you guys. So uh, we got all that planned for you guys this week. I won't tell you what, won't tell you what the, what the main discussion topic is this week. I'll let you guys kind of just find that out when we get there. But Without anything else being said, we're going to go ahead, we're going to get into our intro music, I'm going to catch you guys right on the other side of that, when we're going to jump into my dark and twisted, crazy ass mind, I'll see you guys after this. The following is a Breaks Media Podcast. You are now listening to the best podcast in the world, The Awakened Soul, hosted by my dad. Okay, so if you guys are listening to this, um, I'm recording this the day after the Conor McGregor fight. Um, Some of you may hear it then, some of you may hear it a little bit later, but I just want to let you know to kind of put a form of reference in mind for where this conversation is going. Um, And so... You know, we're, we'll get into the Conor McGregor fight because I, I have some thoughts there. Again, I am not the biggest UFC mixed martial arts pundit. Um, for many of you who know, I did get my start in podcasting discussing wrestling, which is is the simulated version of UFC in many ways. But, you know, there's there's some overlap there in just the sports. Um, but uh, before we get into that, we got to talk about this NBA finals. And so 
Uh, game three is as of tonight, as of this recording. So, you know, if anything's dated by the time you guys listen to this, that's why. Um, Devin Booker and the Suns have just looked amazing. And they have really looked like they have outclassed the Bucks in both games that have happened so far. Now, they have been at home. Bucks get to go back uh, to Milwaukee. And we've seen a lot of series in the past uh, completely change. The outlook of the series completely change when a team goes home. So it's very possible that Milwaukee may win these next two games. We'll have a hell of a series at that point. Um, but I think up until this point, right, the thing that that is all kind of like, hey, these are two teams that I think people wouldn't have really picked um, this combination of teams to make it to the finals. I know the Bucks, since Giannis has been there and he's ascended, they always have a chance to make it to the finals. They've always been re really big favorites. But, you know, the Suns, I don't think people thought that they were going to be able to put everything together in the way that they did this year. And I think a lot of that uh, goes to Chris Paul and Devin Booker, uh, specifically how they play together a lot. Um, Devin Booker taking his game to another level. And, you know, I've said it before, I really I really would like to see Devin Booker uh be able to win a title with this team because uh, I think like Devin Booker it's it's you really get the sense that in many ways he's doing it for Kobe right he is uh he was one of the Kobe gave him some advice I really I, I know before I don't know if on this podcast or another one I've called him like a protege of Kobe not really um in, in the sense but you know Kobe has motivated him and outside of just that I'm sure you know seeing Kobe's career like for many of us was inspiring to Devin Booker and you know him getting to meet Kobe Kobe and giving him advice and mentoring him a little bit you know it it, it's it's a spirit there that I think for me I is why I really do hope and would like to see um, the Suns be able to win the title here. Also, Chris Paul, what he's went through like the last four or five years of his career, people forget just how great Chris Paul was. And I know, you know, I have some personal is issues with Chris Paul as a, as a person and some of the things that he does and how he conducts himself. Um, I won't I won't take I won't deny that. But the, as a basketball player, he's always been a really solid basketball player. And the Suns are a really young team. Um, they have Cameron Payne, who's on that show. Uh, I'm on that show. Who's on that team who uh, used to be a Chicago Bulls player. Everyone knows my favorite team is the Chicago Bulls. But um, he was terrible there, Cameron Payne. And he went away, went overseas for a little while, came back, reinvented himself. And now has been a really solid role player for this team. And at certain times, he's really pulled them out, like defensively and offensively so um it's it's it, it just feels really good you know this this finals I, I like the fact that it's you know it's an unexpected finals combination um you know I'm not the biggest LeBron fan um I can't deny what he does on the basketball court but you know I'm not I'm not a fan of LeBron James so it feels kind of good that LeBron isn't in the finals to be honest it just feels different and unique um and so you know the finals to me have been really good so far um like I said I, th I just think overall I don't know if they have the answer for Devin Booker. And then even if they were, even if they were to figure it out, I just, I don't know. At least nothing that I've seen so far really says, and who knows if Giannis is actually 100% or not. I just, I don't, I don't see them being able to pull this out from the Phoenix Suns. Um, I just don't, but you know. Where do things have happened? Uh, you know, the Bucks are a really good team as well. Giannis is amazing. So anything's possible. Um and, you know, let, let me know what you guys think. I, I know some people are disappointed in this finals combination, but me, for one, I'm happy for it. I, always, I like seeing the underdogs. I like seeing unexpected teams uh, go very far in the playoffs. And, you know, if, if the Suns are to win the title this year, I don't know how many – if people are admitting it. Like, we, we know Phoenix Suns fans or some people have said, you know, maybe there's a chance, but I don't think really many people had the Phoenix Suns being able to make it this far if everyone's being honest. So, you know, the fact that they've been able to – amazing, amazing, amazing. So let's talk about the next topic that's in my mind. 
Conor McGregor loss uh, by doctor stoppage. He actually broke his tibia, fibia, one of those two. Um, and that led to the fight being stopped. And, you know, McGregor has more kinks in his armor have showed the older that he's gotten. The more that th and this happens to everyone in every professional athlete in every sport this happens to. So this isn't an uncommon thing. This isn't just coming down on Connor or anything. This is what happens in sports. Our players get old, they age and uh, they eventually, you know, retire. Uh, and, you know, some try to hold on Connor it, uh, who uh, doesn't seem like he's going to call it quits yet. He's still fairly young. Um, and, you know, we may see Connor kind of take some time away, reinvent himself and so that he can, you know, get back to maybe not being quite as dominant in the same ways that he was, but um, just, you know, being a, a still an impactful um, fighter in the UFC. And, you know, it's overall, I know I've seen a lot of people say that it was disappointing and everything, but the thing is for me, I think I never have expectations that a fight is going to go the distance. It's going to be a knockout. Like so much can happen with fighting. And we've seen this, like if you're somebody who really watches boxing, MMA or anything, so many different variables can happen to where uh, you know, you can't, you may not get the fight, the best fight possible from two really good fighters. So, you know, I'm glad to see Poirier um, ascend. I know, I, I think it's been announced that he's going to be getting the title shot next. And I think he's deserved it. And, you know, I know some people are saying, well, it was stopped by doctor. And, you know, either way, he won the fight. He beat McGregor fair and square last time. So even if you want to pull that out, he deserves a title fight. McGregor at this point may be out for a minute. Um, we'll see how he bounces back. If he bounces back, if he comes back in the same way. But I think ultimately, like people are really enjoying seeing Connor humbled, and it comes right. It, it, it every major. I mean, if you look, go back to like a Muhammad Ali, who was probably one of the biggest shit talkers of all time, and towards the bottom half of his career, and like how you know, I don't know if Muhammad Ali could ever truly be humbled, but like it, it, people are really getting a kick out of this. And I think, you know, what I want to talk about during this is that. What Connor has meant to UFC, what he has done for the sport, what he has done to bring in eyes, like whether you agree with his personality, whether you like his personality, where you think that a fighter should be as cocky as him, it's done wonders for UFC. I know Dana White appreciates it. I know whether other fighters want to admit it or not, they appreciate the fight, the the what attention Connor has brought to UFC, what bigger purses they've gotten just being on a card for Connor McGregor, how how Connor has renewed interest in people who probably would have never been interested in the sport before. Connor has done a lot for UFC. And, you know, I think, like, you know, people like in, liking to kick people while they're down right now or whatever. I understand it, but you can never take away from what Connor has been able to do, what Connor has been able to accomplish, um, and what he's meant. And so, you know, regardless if this is the end, um, if it's the start of the end, um, as he continues going down some, um, what he's been able to do, what he's meant, it can never ever possibly be, be be taken away from him and uh, i think he needs to be celebrated for that i know for me connor uh renewed my interest in you so I've, I've always been interested in ufc i've always watched on and off but it was never like appointment uh based things like i've probably watched every conor mcgregor fight in the last handful of years and because of that i found a lot of other fighters that i am interested in and that uh you know i, I look out for so you know it, it, it's probably more people like me than not and so hats off to conor mcgregor if this is it, the end it's been a hell of a fucking career and he deserves every bit of it every freaking bit of it so those are the two main things that are on my mind one little last bit of thing that i'm going to throw in here right and so sports music this snow allegra album that dropped we'll be reviewing it on the breaks radio so if you are not subscribed 
to The Breaks Radio, you need to be fucking subscribed to The Breaks Radio because when I tell you, when I tell you that this album is maybe an instant classic to me, like, and, I, and I've listened to it two times all the way through now, gone back and listened to specific tracks, it is sonically such a great listen. And this is from a great artist. She's always delivered great music, but th there's something special about the way this one hits. And I talk a lot about how music is as much a product of when it drops as the quality of the music, right? It becoming a classic. You have to kind of drop it at the right time to catch the culture right. And for me, this album dropped at the perfect time. This is an amazing album. If you not have if not listened to Snow Allegra's newest album, you need to be on it. You need to get familiar. You need to be listening to this album, especially if for for a lot of people they say that R and B there hasn't been a lot of great R and B albums lately, and so I gotta disagree now. Like there there have there you gotta search for them harder, right? You gotta search for great pure R and B a little bit harder than what we had to in the past. But I really think that this album has been fucking phenomenal. So that's my thoughts. That's the end of my Hayes segment. I think I got everything off that was in my mind. Uh this time we're gonna take a brief break. When we come back, we're gonna jump into the main discussion topic. I'll see you guys right after this. Okay, so we're in the main discussion topic, and I'm gonna throw. So yes, this is the main discussion topic, and it's not a long one. And then at the end of this, because I know not everyone is in the Marvel movies or want spoilers, I'm gonna throw in a mini Black Widow review at the end of this, and it's gonna be a full review released on the Film Frequency, which is one of my other podcasts. And I'm not doing this specifically to plug it, um, but you know, it's there if you guys want to dive into it a little bit more. But I'll be just doing a little brief thoughts on, on my thoughts on the film uh, towards the end of end of this show. But let's get into the, the main discussion topic. This one honestly was brought about um, thinking about it from, you know, Conor McGregor uh, losing his fight and how everything has its seasons. Everything has its time. Everything becomes renewed. Um, we all go through things. Right. And so, you know, resiliency is kind of what I want to talk about here. And, you know, I talk a lot about stuff from the perspective of a creator because I am a creator, but I try to make sure that anything that I talk about on these podcasts can be used and utilized in regular life by anyone. So please don't allow my um, don't allow my uh, me talking about create creators and creativity so much to make you think that it's just geared towards creatives because it's honestly not It's geared towards anyone who can take this information at it and apply to whatever they have in life. And so I think. The key thing that I want to start off with talking about resiliency and the reason why I do want to talk about it is, is, you know, in anything that you do, you're going to face obstacles and anything that you do, if you're passionate about it, there's going to be a time where you doubt yourself. We talked a little bit, a little bit about this last week, right? But when you look at like, and like, again, I say this on Conor McGregor, because when Conor came to the UFC, nobody thought he was going to get to where he wanted to get to. And I, re and I really look at that as like, me doubting my own podcast career, me doubting my own ability to be a photographer when I first started, me doubting all these things. And so you have to really, if it's something that you that you want to see, you, A, you have to be willing to see it through. You have to be willing, if you're passionate about it, if you truly want it, you have to be willing to see it through to the end. That means until it either crashes and burns or until you just... You can't do it anymore. You realize that you're just putting more time into it. And I think often, like, especially in the black community, we suffer from these thoughts that, you know, we don't want to get started because we don't want to fail. Right. We don't want to get started because then we don't want to get to slow down or whatever, be not be good at it and be judged for it. And I think that it often keeps us in that mindset. And then it keeps us it kind of 
paralyzes us from doing anything new. It paralyzes us from trying new things. It paralyzes us from taking that step or that opportunity. And so, like I said, it's not, this isn't just built around creativity. That could be moving. That's something that I did. Like, I, you know, I, it's a little bit different for me. Um, I think because in my life, I have always, like, I've, I'm a military brat. A lot of you guys know that. We moved all over the place. I grew up in Europe, grew up in Italy, Germany, lived in Tennessee for a little while, um, Georgia. We moved a lot. And so, shout out to St. Louis. I can't forget the home. Uh, but, you know, sometimes you'll find that, that we get paralyzed and we stay in a certain city because it's what we used to. Or we stay in a certain job because we, we're good at it, right? Or it pays the bills and we're afraid to take that step and to branch out. And sometimes, you know, the resilient part of us, uh, like we fight that, right? There's there, there's n almost nothing we can't bounce back from as humans. If you look at like, for example, I always think about this with children, right? When you look at like a child when they're starting to walk, when they bust their ass, right? When they run into a wall, when they do whatever else, they get right back up. They keep it. We lose that as we become, as we our brains mature. We lose that as we become adults because then we start thinking about fears. We start thinking about things that, you know, may affect us or may hold us back. We start thinking about that and it keeps us in a state of not taking that chance. It keeps us in the state of, well, I don't want to feel this again, so let me not ever do it again. Whether it's in, and this could be, like I said, we're talking about everything. This could be in love. This can be in relationships. This could be in friendships. This can be in um, the workplace, like we were just talking. Ultimately, what it all comes down to is that if you learn to trust yourself, if you learn to 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 trust the fact that no matter how bad things are, they may seem or the outlook may seem bleak, you can come back from it. It may, it may take a lot of work. Hell, it may take therapy. It may take some time to step away and regroup. But there's very little in life that will keep us down permanently. It may knock us down for a little bit. It may knock the wind out of our sails. It may, it may scare us, right? It may, it may stutter our growth. It may keep us, you know, in the same place for a little while. But ultimately, ultimately, in the grand scheme of things, there is almost nothing you can you can't come back from. So when you think about failure, if you're letting failure cripple you, if you're thinking about letting the fear of the unknown cripple you, or if you're thinking about, you know, when it comes to love, like I'll never find somebody else who understands me the way that somebody else does. All that is just your brain trying to sheer, shield you from whatever trauma that you went through. Right. And it's understandable to a degree. It's understandable to a point. But again, usually more times than not, like I said, this is even counting if it takes therapy to be able to bounce back from it. You can, you more than likely will, and you'll be even stronger from it if, if than what you were before. And that takes time. That takes effort. That takes getting in tune with yourself. You know, we talk about self-awareness a lot on this podcast. We talk about emotional intelligence a lot on this podcast. It takes all of those things, all of those things to get to that point. You have to be able to, to take some time out and fill in the gaps where you have. So like, if, if, if you know, and, and again, we talked about this a little bit last week, a lot of these things that we talk about take a certain level of self-awareness. And I know that not everyone has that, right? Not everyone is, is going to be there. You can get there. I, I, I choose to believe that everyone can get to that level of self-awareness. It just really takes time. Some people, some people don't give a damn um, about it. Some people don't give a damn about, self-awareness some people don't give a damn about um learning to to fix the gaps and whatever they have going on some people just don't care and that's an issue um and that's an issue um that is a problem that is a huge 
you know, thing that you have people who literally just walk around in the in these toxic mindsets and thinking and they're perfectly fine and OK with it. They're perfectly fine and OK with going around, affecting people, not paying attention to how they're moving, how they're um, how they're. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You know, keeping themselves and other people probably in them in certain levels of bondage. But you have to be able to grow from that. You have to be able to do better. You have to be able... Um, to really take some time out, think about you, think about your, be honest with your faults, be honest with the holes in your personality, be honest with your shortcomings, and then think of how you can improve those. Our shortcomings are very, are never permanent. They don't have to be permanent things. Sometimes we'll make ourselves believe that the thing about this life is that as long as we still have life, we still have a chance and a moment and a time to continually improve and to fix things. Like never allow yourself to get so down on whatever you're going through, whatever, even mistakes that you made. Never allow yourself to get so down on it that you think that that's it. That's all you can become. That's all you'll you'll ever be. That's the place that you always be at. Stop allowing yourself to think that. Stop self-defeating yourself. And and like when you can't forgive yourself, how can you expect other people to? When you when you constantly are held back by your mistakes and you just focus on your mistakes instead of get what you can do to make yourself a better person after a mistake, how can you expect other people to see you? You're still looking at yourself in that scope. So when I say and talk about resiliency, when I talk about resilience, that's what I mean. We can bounce back from just about any and everything. Everything. I can't sit here and think of a thing as a human that we can't bounce back from other than death. Right. Even 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 people who suffer from mental health issues, even people who suffer from whatever other disorder. Usually there are techniques. There are either medication. There's therapy. There's a lot of other things you can do to help you learn to cope help you build your resiliency, help you to make better decisions, help you to be better equipped to deal with some of those issues that you may have going on. It's all there. We have such a plethora of tools at our disposal that we often don't use them, whether it's out of pride. And as a black man, I can speak from that myself. If it's out, like sometimes it is just out of pride. We don't like to admit that we need help. We don't like to admit that something's just not right. There's an episode that we that I did probably about two, maybe three years ago at this point, where it was simply titled, it's okay to not be okay, right? And I think once you uh, once you acknowledge that, once you give yourself that permission and that time to not be okay and to realize that there's really nothing wrong with not being okay, there's nothing wrong with it. But if you take the time to relearn, well, to learn some techniques, Relearn yourself. Um, be honest with where you are. Be honest with, with your faults. Be honest with what you can improve on. You can find yourself bouncing back from just about anything. And that is, like I said, I've named them all at the, at this point in the, in this in this podcast in this episode. So never allow yourself to get so far down on yourself. And when we talk about building resiliency, right? When we talk about like what is it? What is it to be resilient? 
and uh, how how to build resiliency. And a lot of what we're talking about is is mental here, right? And so, of course, I got ten things. You guys know I love my list, especially in the main discussion topics. I love my list, the things to give you to help you. Um, first thing, and this is surprising, to help your to help build mental resilience, you have to improve your physical health. Eat well, get exercise. It's something that I need to do much better at. I have periods of doing better at, but sometimes, but it's it's often that when we are physically fit, we tend to have more and better energy, which then helps us to take on our problems a little bit better. Number two, this is definitely one that I suffer from, so I hold myself accountable as much as I bring stuff to you guys, sleep better. Get into good sleeping habits. If you're tired and exhausted, small problems tend and seem a lot bigger. So sleep is very is a very important component and to not just uh, physical health, but also mental health. Meditate. And I know meditation isn't for everyone, and I don't mean to act like it's this this thing that cure all for everyone. But being being meditating allows you a time to really focus on yourself. It allows you to accept some things. It allows you to realize some things. It allows your brain to stay sharp. Again, we're talking about mental health here. Meditating can really help your mental strength. Uh, Number four, find a purpose and a meaning. I can't, you know, I talk about legacy being one of my biggest purposes. I've had uh, episodes built around purpose and finding your purpose and what it means to be in your purpose. But it's, 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 it's it's so freeing when you find your purpose and the meaning behind the things that you do. When you feel like you find the purpose and meaning that is that is truly your calling, that is your thing, that is your special gift or special thing to leave behind on this earth, right? Uh, establishing and finding your purpose and meaning is really about seeing the bigger picture for your life, right? It covers everything. Um, and so when you have a sense of that bigger, bigger, bigger picture, then the day to day problems don't often seem as big when you're focused on your goal, when you're focused on your purpose and your meaning, those small little obstacles that we face day to day seem so much smaller and it gives us a better opportunity to deal with them. Also, number five, put things in perspective. I can't stress this enough. It's very easy when you're up close to a problem, right? For the problem to be all you can see, the problem can, can be all that you all that you can see through, all that you think that you're in, all that you think is in front of you. But when you take a step back, get those things in, in, in perspective, get your life in perspective, get the things that you want to do in perspective, get that job in perspective. It's easy for us to let our jobs get wear down our whole lives when you're able to put that in perspective and realize, hey, you know, and this is not to say don't be happy, don't find a job you're happy in. But until then, it's eight hours out your day. Some it's 10 hours, whatever. You get to go home. You get to step away. And I know some people have jobs where it's harder for them to get away. They're literally always attached or feel like they're always on call or whatever else. But if you can take a step back and put anything, no matter what that obstacle is in in perspective, it's always going to help you. Always going to help you be able to deal with it and help your mental resilience. A, see problems as a short term. This goes back to what I just said. We can see our problems as the only thing. We can see our problems as something that we're always going to be in or always Problems very often are short term. When you go back and look at some of the worst times of your life, no matter how long that they were, you have so much more life that you lived around that or without that problem that your problems are really short term, right? This too shall pass. If you adopt that mindset, it makes it so much easier. And that still is part of putting things in perspective, right? And we can often get get so caught up in these circumstances that we get ourselves in that it just makes us feel bad and like we can't move on from it. Next, don't blame yourself. Stop blaming yourself, right? We all make mistakes. We all have moments and times where we just flat out fuck up. 
that we don't act accordingly, that we probably deserve less, that we feel like we don't deserve what the things that we have or the things that we've got, gotten. That happens to all of us, right? So stop blaming yourself. You're not going through anything any different than what most of us go through. You're not going through anything that you can't, again, the topic of this can't come back from. Next, ask for help. I can't stress this enough. This is one of the biggest things that I have. The people around me always offer help and I don't take it or whatever else. And it's hard. It's hard. Asking for help for, as a prideful individual, like especially if you see or identify your strength as not needing anyone. When we ask for help, it puts us in the place of feeling like we need somebody and then we don't do it. We, we refuse to do it. Never be afraid to ask for help. Once you once you find out that the people around you, right, if you especially if you have other strong mentally people around you, or even if you just have people that care around you, asking for help is not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. You admit that to the people. It can allow you to open up to them and then open up to you and end up helping those relationships within feeds into your mental health, being a little bit better and strength as an individual. Right. So think about those things next. We ask for help, but to ask for help, that means we have to have relationships, build strong relationships, build strong friendships, build strong family bonds. Like everybody whose family isn't always close, isn't always strong. But when you allow yourself to do those things and build those things, it helps your mental health so much. If you have these strong relationships, people that you can lean back on, that you know that you can come to without judgment, without, you know, it being thrown back in your face later. If you can build these strong relationships, it definitely helps mental health and. The very last one, and this is one that I know may strike some nerves with people, practice your own attitude. And by that, what I mean, right, is when you have optimism rather than a negative outlook on stuff, it really helps your mental health so much. Have optimism. Don't allow yourself to stay in an attitude. Don't allow yourself to stay in a, in a situation of being upset. Ask yourself these three questions, right, and it will help your mental health hugely. How long would it last? How bad is it really? And how much am I going to blame myself? If you do this and build this into your resilience habitat or habitat, uh, that's not the word I'm looking for. If you build this into your resiliency plan um, and practices, you will find like it helps your mental health so much more. So do these things. Hopefully this discussion topic helps a lot of people. It helps you guys, you know, build some resiliency and realize that it's not as bad as what we make it out to be sometimes. It really, really isn't. So that's my thoughts on that. That's the main discussion topic this week on The Awakened Soul. Let me know what you guys think about it. We're going to take a brief break. Uh, for anyone who does not want to hear the, the brief Black Widow uh, review, this is the end of the show for you guys. I love you guys. I appreciate you so much. If you want to hear uh, a, a slight review with slight spoilers for Black Widow, uh, we'll uh, listen after the break. We're going to get into this quick break, and then I'll be back with uh, Black Widow discussion. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, so, Black Widow, want to get into some brief sport, well, brief conversation about it. So, first full MCU movie in what two years since we had Far Away from Home Spider-Man movie, um, and you know this one set prior to Endgame, prior to Infinity War, is actually set directly after Civil War, and. There's been a lot of talk about this. Some people said it's disappointing. Some people said Marvel should have never released this movie, or if they were, they should have did it years ago. You know, things happen, right? And, and you know, this movie being set after Civil War, and I know people, a lot of people, and I was one included, saying that this movie probably should have happened instead of the Captain Marvel movie. When you, Especially when you look at, like, Captain Marvel's very minor inclusion in Endgame, ultimately. Could you have had this movie um, then? 
it's definitely possible. It's definitely possible that this that this could have happened. But it's it's a weird movie. It's already being a prequel, already coming after her death. It it you know it's it's always gonna have that feeling of okay, this should have already happened. I, that's kind of built into it, and I acknowledge that. I don't take away from people feeling that way. But ultimately, I am just going to judge the movie based off what was presented and that we got delivered to us. And this is my feeling on Black Widow. Very solid movie. I feel like I feel like had this been a phase one, phase two movie, people would have I would have liked it even more because of just where the heights of where the MCU has gone, like in the in in the later phases and later later films, it just it doesn't hit quite as hard. Um Action scenes, amazing in this movie. I have no problem with the action and the way that it was delivered. Um, Scarlett Johansson, I think great. I think what they the 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 story of family that they wanted to tell here, I think it worked for me. I love seeing like the scenes of all them together and like these people who pretended to be this family for so long and still have these fond memories of each other and still look at each other as family. Like that all was solid to me. I feel like where this movie failed at is where a lot of phase one Marvel movies failed at. And that was the villain. I really think that all that most of my issues with this just come at the villain first. And this is why. And spoiler alert, like I said, there's going to be some uh, spoilers in this. Ultimately, the, the, the red room, the black, the widows, all of them, um, they, they don't cover their face. They don't conceal their identity. They don't do any of that. So taskmaster, concealing their identity when you frame it like that it doesn't work right and i think that's where this for a lot of like comic fans is going to fail at and for a lot of just general viewers because like the villain just didn't seem to fit the story that they were being told there should have been no reason and then also why was the villain like like when you look at the, the the widows and that whole cult or whatever you want to call it they all they don't hide the fact that the women, they don't hide the fact that the feminine, it works to their advantage. It makes no sense to, for me, for that society who does that, to dress Taskmaster in a costume that makes them look male. I feel like they, they went for a twist over story, right? And the, the twist, the, the dramatic of, of Taskmaster end up being uh, the daughter of the main villain, um, they wanted to do that twist, and I think that they used the character in Taskmaster who is great. Part of the reason Taskmaster is such a great villain in the comics is his ability to mimic. The fact that they took that away, um, and, and Taskmaster is a great fighter, they took that away and made it basically a computer doing it. A computer did it and controlled their body. It, it, and as a comic fan, they failed the character in that sense. Then on the movie side, there is absolutely a story that could have been told, like, there's a, there's a lot of different ways to do it. Imagine if this mass vi villain was ultimately Black Widow's sister. I know Florence Pugh is the best thing in this movie, right? I'm going to get into that. Um, so I wouldn't want to see her be a one-off villain or whatever, but I'm just saying. Or it could have been somebody who Natasha, maybe they served under her in the Widow. Maybe it was somebody they, that she went on a couple of missions with. And then, and then you know, it, 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 they, she thought that they were dead. She left them for dead or whatever. And that's been something that haunted her. The whole thing that they did with this villain, it just made all of the, both villains, really, even the main villain just being this, this just, he talks so fucking much and not a physical threat at all. All of that just made this film seem like blah. And for this to be Natasha, like Natasha, great. Her sister, Florence Pugh, as I'm so looking forward to her character in the MCU going forward because Helena, like the fact that she cracked jokes, 
a lot of her line delivery was all great when she was talking about how like they them taking her uterus out and everything and like just a lot of her comments and like little quips were all amazing and this is that's what we like to see in some of our MCU characters it was very I don't want to compare it to Tony Stark because I don't think anybody can quip to, quite like him but it was it was it was in that vein and she had nailed it and executed it executed it amazingly i think ultimately where this film fails at is the villain is the motivation of the characters um it just all felt very surface level um and uh, you know a lot of people compare this to winter soldier and the difference with winter soldier and this is the villain in winter soldier was a personal one once buck even people who didn't know the plot twists of the winter soldier from the comics once they saw it was bucky they understood something right that meant something to them because this is a character that we saw that um that uh, Steve Rogers was was basically his brother that they grew up together. This we saw that relationship. The fact that they make a, they do a lot of the same beats with Taskmaster as they do with Winter Soldier without the payoff hitting, I think is ultimately what hurts this film so much. This film was never going to be something that plays a bunch of things into the future. We knew we pretty much knew that Helena uh, Florence Pugh's character was going to be the new widow going forward, and I like how they line her up to go against Hawkeye in the future. I love all of that and. You know, I never this at least what was presented here, I don't think it ever would have been one of the best MCU movies. It didn't have that chance. And it's not one of the worst MCU movies either. It's just ultimately a forgettable movie. Like this is a movie that you other than the introduction of Florence Pugh, other than some of the interactions with her family from Natasha and the fact that we got to see more of her personality probably than we ever did before, it just didn't hit quite the way that it that it should have and could have if this movie had came different and and tweaks to the villain um and that's just my my take on it you guys may disagree i i think like i said if i had to put a number on this it'd probably be a solid five and a half six um and the act and the action scenes really was the action scene every action scene in this movie is amazing the ending is a bit weird because the way that the movie ends it kind of just stops and just assumes that okay we know where she's going to go forward from this but it kind of stops in the situation where it's like all right how does i would have loved to see how she that would have been a great way to end the character to see how resourceful she is how she got out of ross's and them characters basically being right up on her um it would have been great to see like that as kind of a final thing we did get the tell end of finding out that she got the helicarrier and that's how they went and saved the other characters from the raft with steve rogers it would have been it you know that was a nice fan service, but the ending to this movie, this is the very last time we see Scarlett Johansson play the, and portray this character. It just could have been so much better. And ultimately it's disappointing because of that reason. Um, and like I said, I probably, I think this is a movie. If you watch it in the, in the order, right. If you're watching like a MCU movie in, in um, timeline order. So not in release order, but in the order, everything falls in the timeline and you watch this right after civil war, It'll probably be a better watch. The villain is not going to solve any issues with the villains or anything like that. It's not going to solve some of the logic issues. Um, but I think it helps the movie a lot. And another thing that I want to say before I go off, before I leave here today, is another reason is the fact that, you know, Florence Pugh's character only snapped out of it because of a gas. It would have been really nice. And I know this is being said a lot. If she saw her sister, what she was able to do and then eventually snapped out of it herself, like not the not if she wasn't a victim of the of the gas poisoning or whatever but you know it's it's every movie has its it's one um um plot thing that you have to forgive it for that's a, that's it's not logical it was just too much in this movie to me and you know ultimately i feel a little bit i'm disappointed by it could have been so much better but it was a solid film let me know what you guys think 
that is the end of this week's episode of the Awakened Soul Podcast. Um, you can follow me at CEO Hayes. You can follow the podcast at Awakened Soul. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, theawakensoulpod at gmail.com. If you want to leave us a voicemail, you can do so at 614-547-2039. We are the number one podcast for the culture. And this week, we're out. Peace. This has been a presentation of the Break Media. Media. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.